Breaking the Panel is made possible by you and other listeners just as awesome as you are. If you want to support the show and get a little something in return, just go to patreon.com slash breaking the panel because we do appreciate the help. Uh, uh, <laughs> shut up. You're stupid. That's all. <laughs> Man, I love living in Trump's America because that argument actually carries some weight now. These days, the comic book owns pop culture. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us, we're living the comics life. We're breaking the panel. And welcome to Breaking the Panel, your weekly awesome sauce that goes on the taco of the news of, uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but hey, we talk about comic book stuff, and sometimes we just course correct as we need to. I've been playing way too much Deadpool and Marvel Heroes, I will talk about that maybe in a minute. I am the Rock Out of Podcasting, Charles McFall. Over to my left is Chris O'Reilly, because he likes to do things live. No. We'll do it live! Fuck Do it live! <laughs> I can, I'll write it and we'll do it and, live! You know, I don't even know... What kind of ranting tarnation that came at me right before the show? But I'm just gonna say Paul Claus and hope he doesn't yell. Brad, dirty, perkish, harkabank, flat, Martin, Philip, Bunker, Martin, Perkaluma, Burton, Dirty, Boston, Martin, Well, honestly, honestly, now that we're two steps away from it and we got into the show, all I can think of the only person that instantly pops in my mind that yells at people, Donald Trump. And I didn't want to introduce him that way. So, you know, just. Oh. You're Simony Sam is much better. That is. Oh, you are low. <laughs> I would I would totally snap your neck if you were my son. <laughs> All right, well, we got a lot of great stuff going on here today, including some comments and discussions. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do with this last headline first uh, because it's a quick one and shocking news. Powerless, it has like zero ratings. Got canceled. Silently, <laughs> I've I've enjoyed it enough. I, I like Ron Funches, although he has not shown very well in this. I like um, uh, Danny. I cannot remember Danny Pudi. Danny, I love him. He's not shown very well. I like Shines. Like uh, been a bright star is what I'm saying. Th- their talents have not been used fully in the show. Alan Tudyk though, every week, man, watching it. My kids are watching it with me. We they giggle at everything Alan Tudyk does. He makes me laugh even when I'm not paying attention. He's done what he does best. But everybody else, while I believe are talented people, weren't getting the, the love that they needed to really make this show shine. And apparently NBC pulled it from their network schedule silently, opting to instead run reruns of Superstore in that half-hour time slot before the new episode of Superstore comes on. <laughs> yeah. So they're not canceling it, Cody Fingers, but yeah, when you run a rerun of the show that's about to come on, you're, you're pulling powerless it's done and i don't think anybody's uh crying over it i mean uh, the actors i'm sure are sad that they didn't get their project to go but it just it was okay well, it, it was at best yeah that's what i always felt it was, it was okay um but you know and the, paul have you got anything to add to this because i was gonna say this could roll right into what we just go reverse order sure. because it may find a new home or new life somewhere else uh, I have, Not that that's anywhere out there. I have nothing to add to this. Other than that, I haven't watched it, but I'm looking at, who, you know, the starring, mm-hmm. and I'm like, all these people are talented. What, What's going on? 
Yeah, I, I think they got – well, first off, it was supposed to be an insurance place, right, that was cleaning up the messes that superheroes left. And the pilot didn't test well, so then they cast Ron yeah. Funches, who was not originally cast, changed it to be Wayne Tech, Goth Corp, whatever they call it. I think it's Wayne Tech, but uh, – Wayne Security. Wayne, thank you. Wayne Security. Goth Corp is something else in some other game somewhere. But, uh, yeah, so they're building stuff. They changed the whole premise, and that was okay. But it, I've watched every episode so far. I enjoy – it's like seeing your old friends. You know, I enjoy seeing them. But as a TV show, it's not doing anything. It's like you, yeah. you're not shining. You're not – man, go watch go watch uh, Undateable. Ron Funches was the, the heart whoa, of that whoa, show. Why are – why are you bringing up another canceled show? Like, well, it did four years, three years. It did three years. But Ron Funches did three years there. It did two and a half because that last season was all live as a gimmick to try to save it. It was. It was. I'm not but saying it's great. I'm saying Ron Funches was great. He was yeah. amazing. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you know, he was good. He was the best part of the show. I mean, show. technically Community is canceled too, but Community was great. Uh, community was great. May the ghost of yeah. Dan Harmon kill you if you disagree. Dan Harmon's not dead. Yet! Someday! <laughs> and his ghost will come back for uh, you! Uh, no, I mean, community was great when Dan Harmon was at the helm, but that I think what, what you're hinting at here, perhaps, with Powerless is that when the right creatives aren't behind it, yeah, it just falls flat. Because when Dan Harmon was kind of ousted at community it lost yeah. a lot of its momentum and ultimately lost one of its star two of its stars and then you know it just it fell apart after that and it didn't recover very well so yeah yeah uh yep that's that's basically it and honestly the 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 theme here is nbc a little bit it constant you know they canceled constantine constantine arguably was a good show i thoroughly enjoyed it i felt like the writing was good it could have gone somewhere um, so is NBC turning out to be the new Fox? Maybe. Where they just kind of prematurely cancel things? I think that case could be very easily made for Constantine. Yeah, not for Powerless, but for Constantine. Right. I, I, I get. I, I am feeling... This is headcanon, right? We're going to talk about some headcanon today uh, in another area. But my headcanon here is behind the scenes of, oh my God, Constantine didn't get the 12 million viewers a week we needed. This is our last shot. Let's make it a sitcom. Because NBC does know sitcoms fairly well. You got Seinfeld, Friends, you know, long history of things that have worked sitcom for them. Uh, let's make it a sitcom and tap into this hero thing. And I think... It became. I have no reason to believe a basis on other than reading between the lines, is I think they forced it powerless into this thing it wasn't supposed to be, and the wrong creators were behind it, and it just didn't work, unfortunately. You know, I I really feel like studios need to understand that just because you base it in a comic world doesn't mean that it's going to be automatically successful. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's like that's true. Like, but I don't want to see them go so far left of that that they think, well, we can't base things other than just a superhero well, right. action. So so if we look at like if we look at Smallville, for example, Smallville was a teen rom com show, kind of like teen teen drama, I guess I would say, not rom com per se. Uh that was, you know, tied relatively tightly really? to a comic property but it was really more about the drama right yes it just used that as as its plot you know its central plot which is fine um and it succeeded because at the time nobody else was doing anything like that 
now there's a million different comic shows. Why would you ever push a show out that has nothing to do with actual like superheroes and stuff? Yeah. Like that's my thing is I don't, it's such a congested marketplace for comic book properties right now. This seems like the worst time to try to pass off your office sitcom that is loosely, you know what I mean? It, it just, it seems a bit weak. It seems as, as ill timed as like, if you were trying to launch agents of shield season one right now, you know what I mean? Like not when yeah. it came out a few years ago, but like right now it would be the worst idea. You know what I mean? See, and I don't know if I think the vehicle could have worked if, say, they had more shows. Like, if this show would have been on CW and they talk about the stuff that happened on Flash or the Arrow during yes. it, like, okay, so references, such and such meta destroyed the city doing this. Here's how what we're working on this week to fix, or you know, I mean, stuff like that. Yeah, you could even get Grant universe. Gustin or somebody to guest star, whereas on NBC. They weren't allowed to use any real heroes. Well, they're real heroes, but they're what C list, D list heroes mm-hmm. and villains. Yeah. I, I'm gonna. But I don't know. I'm I... gonna disagree. I'm sorry. Hmm. Go water skiing. That's, that's fine. <laughs> Wait, nobody you even mean, knows. What... <laughs> I know they don't know the reference. That's so inside. Even class didn't get the reference. Okay, here's my thing about that though. There's already four. CW properties in Earth, mm-hmm. right? Four, three. Wait, no, Arrow. There's four: so Arrow, Supergirl, Flash, and Legends. Right, Supergirl. Yeah, super, yeah. I was like, wait, so, yeah, okay. Four. There's that is con- that's maximum congestion. Like you need some fucking nasal spray. I apologize for the f bomb I just dropped. Might clean that up. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? The congestion or the f bomb? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, I'm so animated over this. Like, there, you have four shows set in universe right now. That is probably the maximum encumbrance limit for this ride. Okay, if you add any more to that, you're just like inviting chaos. In my opinion, stop it. Four shows is a lot to, especially when you've got like a core production team you know that's kind of trying to puppet string all of them at the same time okay so let's go the the fox route where they took gotham right not attached to cw at all and i personally refused to watch it for a while because it's a batman show that has nothing to do with batman and that that irritated but hearing all the reviews all the different good talk that people have done i think the success of gotham has been and i've watched eight episodes of the first season now i'm slowly catching up uh has been they wrote it to what they were good at, dark, gritty, crime, drama type stuff. And mm. you get real names and real characters. Gordon is there. He's arguably the heart of the show of Gotham. But you get Penguin. You get Riddler. You get, or at least the precursors in the first season to all that stuff. You get Catwoman, who's cat yeah. preteen at this point. Uh, yeah. you, you get an early slice of life version so it's of still that universe. iconic... But it's yeah, where all of Batman's villains are fifteen to thirty years older. Well, than that's him. we're not going to argue that point. But I'm saying their success has been they actually tapped the parts that we like. Whereas, Powerless, all I can ever say good about Powerless is Alan Tudyk is is amazing at being Alan Tudyk. Yeah, you know? right. I can't even tell you the names of the villains. They I use mean, the same villain over and over. I can't tell you his name. I don't. I don't think Phil would agree with that. Phil from Botched. Shit. <laughs> 
he would he would argue that that some droids aren't the ones we're looking for. Oh, I think he would argue that that is Alan Tudyk's crowning achievement and his favorite on film. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you know, okay, so that you bring up a good point. So Gotham is a DC property with a bunch of mainline DC characters, but it's removed from those CW shows. Yeah. And that's why it works. Mm-hmm. It's its own style. It's doing its own thing. I mean, argue, there there's some fair criticisms of DC as a fandom, you know, in whole sure. that would argue that Batman is best when it's removed from the rest of the continuity, because when Batman's in his own world, everything works. But when you take that whole world and try to meld it with the rest, it gets very convoluted and things don't feel as seamless. You know what I mean? But Gotham has done a stellar job of presenting this really weird, like anachronistic, approach to the batman story you know it's like it's real early on it's like is it you know 40 years ago or is it 20 years in the future like it's so confused it could be it could be treated as uh uh was that called chris in that dc universe the alternate universe or elseworlds it could be treated as an elseworld tale and and some have theorized that it actually is and it's fine because it's great you know what i mean uh but that that show is buoyed by great performances great writing good storytelling i mean there's a few groaners you know what i mean you know there's a few episodes that are like uh okay this kind of sucked but as a whole it's really exciting you know what i mean yeah Mm-hmm. The CW shows are are decent. You know, I'm not going to say that they're great because we've bashed them a little bit here and there for some choices, but they're 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 not garbage. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're not agency. Oh no, I'm <laughs> and they're on a network that understands four million viewers is still good. Well, right, because yeah. they're they're structuring it around that expectation. You know, right. and they've built a little mini universe, and I think I think they've done a really good job. They've got four pillars to a really great setting that can cross play and stuff. I don't think that they're doing the cross plays very well. Agreed. You know what I mean? Like I think they're botching that lately. No pun <laughs> intended. Uh, I think they started out doing that well, and then they started screwing it up because they got a little too ambitious and they weren't really hitting the right notes. Again, another pun. Uh, <laughs> So, but, you know, they've proven that that can work. Powerless has no basis in any of that. You know what I mean? And that's where I just don't understand why any studio threw money at this. Especially, like, Alan Tudyk, Danny Pudi. You know, like, these are talented people. Why did you associate them with such a lackluster product? You know what I mean? Because you you had to know that this wasn't going to resonate, I would think. Well, see, and that's so... I understand what you're saying, but I can't agree with the argument and then turn around and praise the MCU for doing exactly that. Because that's that's well, that's a... my biggest compliment to the MCU is that they take they take genres and splice them with superhero movies. So it, a superhero movie like Winter Soldier, it's superheroes at its core, but it's that that movie is a is a is a a spy thriller. Right. That has nothing. To, I mean, it, the only reason that it has anything to do with, with superheroes in it is because that's who just happened to be the protagonist. But could, in the couldn't movie. you argue that comics have done that for ages now? Well, yeah, not as yeah, they have, but I but not not on screen. And I think Powerless is probably you're looking at probably one of the first misses okay. of, of the comics showing well, it, how they can expand out into other genres. But I still think that there's it realistically there's, has like nothing to do with the actual setting though. Like what you said about Winter Soldier is fair and valid, but it's 
it's because Captain America and Winter Soldier lend themselves to become a spy thriller story. It fits mm-hmm. with the, the setting, it fits with the characters and the narrative. Office comedy doesn't fit into the DC universe. I mean, first of all, Offices don't look good with a sepia tone on them. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, but really, like, you know, if we if we compare the two universes, DC is your grimdark, like, super edgy, you know, comic universe, at least the way well, it's been portrayed in most popular culture recently. Because even the CW shows are pretty dark in tone. They're lighthearted, well, but they're But heavy. that's a difference. But you're looking at a difference between between Arrow was more akin to the way you want a normal Batman delivery, and that was yep. done purposely because they didn't have Batman; they had to use Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. Still, nowhere near as dark as the DCEU movies. A Flash is that bright point. There's not a lot of a dark that happens in Flash. The episodes that happen are, at night are few and far between. When you contrast that with Arrow, everything's done sure. at night. Mm-hmm. Legends of Tomorrow, super bright. Supergirl, super bright. No sepia tones in any of them. Arrow just happens to be darker because it's always at night. But which fits I, fits the character and fits the narrative. That, yeah. Well, yeah, which they've created that they've created. But um I feel like you still the idea behind powerless is it's giving you that 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 regular man's view that's what's going on to the people that are just, you know, beleaguered by all these superhero battles. When Superman is decimating Metropolis because he's got nothing better to do and his mommy and daddy issues have really taken hold. Um, what happens? What about those poor people on the street? You know, when when they're not the, the little girl that's clutched by Bruce Wayne as he's trying to figure out what that, <laughs> what that mysterious figure's mother's name is. I'm, you know, I just, <laughs> so, and that's, and so that's part of why I mean, when it was an insurance company, I mean, it made sense. It made a little more sure. sense because these, right. Um, but it wasn't what they changed it to wasn't necessarily bad. Did it take it from the insurance perspective? Yes. But now this, this whole division's purpose for existence was figuring out things to save people from it. It I don't, could I don't, have worked I, I, on, on paper. It could have worked. I think it could have worked as like a web series or as like a Marvel one shot type thing. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, I can. Or perhaps on its own DC branded streaming service. Yes. Perhaps you are the king of smooth transitions. (laughs) (laughs) You were just like, except you didn't pick it up. I I was waiting. You guys just pick it up. Oh well, I'm trying to derail it as best I can right (laughs) now because it is so blatant. So, you know, we, we push we push lines here. We push each other. But I, I, before the show, I was like, okay, guys, before we get on the show, you give me a ton of grief. I don't remember this. Please tell me we haven't actually talked about this before. And like, no, no, it's new. <laughs> I checked before I brought it to the table. Uh, but Warner Brothers has announced a new DC Comics branded streaming service. They'll debut live action series like Titans and the series three of the animated justice animated series Young Justice, uh, which I thought the rumor was Young Justice was going to Netflix, but apparently they have changed directions there. No, no, they were always cagey about it. the well, the Netflix revival is what got them the third season. But maybe we just made assumptions as as fans. I made an assumption as a fan that because yeah. Netflix helped revive, they'd go there. Uh, well, because also we didn't know they were working on their own delivery service Digital platform yeah. yeah i think with the the right writers the right creators and you put it on a streaming service that says this is for the fans which i would think in theory makes it cheaper to shoot right and makes the scheduling differently that it would have worked possibly better here what do we think they're going to do with this service 
Sorry, I had to answer that as juvenile. I, I didn't ask what, juvenile what way possible. Chris's fandom of BVS did. I'm asking what they're going to do with this. Uh, honestly, I don't know how I, I don't know what they're going to do with it. I mean, at a certain point, all the streaming services need to consolidate and find bigger flags to be under. I would ask <laughs> CBS how that whole Star Trek thing's going. Yeah, how's that working for you? And it's funny you mention that, because Titan will be written by Akiva Goldsman, Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> that so. is not something you want to put in your credits right now, because nobody knows yeah. what that means. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my take on this is everybody seems to think that they can be the next Netflix or Hulu, and the mm-hmm. answer to that is you cannot. Like, I'm sorry... I'm not trying to be the naysayer well, here, but again, market congestion, like the congestion is a very real market principle. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when mm-hmm. everybody's it's what's going on in films right now, you know, you, you hear creatives like somebody like Jack Black goes for the, to the Oscars and is doing a spiel and takes a crack at all the Marvel movies, you know, or well, superhero movies. Mm-hmm. And it's written into the show and it's all, you know, tongue in cheek and everything, but it's like, that's representing how creatives really feel in the industry right now. They're like, there's no room for anything else, but big, big budget, you know, strong intellectual property based films. And it's, it's crushing the life out of everything else around it. So why would you think that in a, in the sister market of, you know, delivery, streaming delivery, that you could put out a new service and expect people to give you sub dollars well, we don't we when, don't know if it'll be free or if it'll be it probably will be sub subscription based. Oh, yeah. it, it, there's no way that it won't cost something Cause here, what, because because yeah. if it was free, it would lose the money like to maintain. You know? Yeah. What I mean? Well, yeah. Well, ad driven, whatever. Yeah, I'd rather have it ad free. I, I like how Hulu built their service. They had a free version, and they had a subscription version. Which still had minimal ads, but had ads. Then they bumped it to I could pay to get no ads. And while a few shows except don't fall for, into that, except for Marvel yeah. Ages of Shield. Uh, right. <laughs> but but the key is it got to where I got to design my TV experience the way I wanted it with something I've looked for forever. I will take the not even Devil's Advocate. I think they might do okay here. I'm a little excited about this because to answer your question about market saturation, when you find a niche that isn't being 100 percent served. To its audience, you can wiggle in there. Warner Brothers itself has kept all its movies. Well, maybe not all, but they have their own movie streaming service. So you want all any of the old Warner Brothers movies, you have to go through them to get it. I don't know how well that's worked for them, but they have at least been using that for a while as possibly a testing ground. You bring me how, how well it's worked versus how much money they've left on the table is the well. That's that's for them to decide. I, I don't know. Right. I don't know. I just know that they're not going in blind. They've actually know something about it uh, but for me as a fan you tell me for i wouldn't pay more than six bucks a month maybe seven not ten but unless you took everything off of hulu and you took everything off of netflix and you took it off the cw app which is the only reason i had the cw app was to watch flash and, and that and you made it through your service i'll give you ten bucks a month to watch not only the flash all the DC stuff I want to see, but to get that access to the, the, all the animations that I don't, can't find anymore to get the access to the, the one-off movie straight to DVD stuff that is hard to get a hold of, you know, that's, that's where I would go with as a fan. 
And the scene that's my thing is right now you're looking at there's two titles right now that they've got because I don't know contractually I don't know what obligations they're under to to the networks that originally ran those shows right. um, and the shows that are on now. I, is there a possibility that they could even get all of those shows to be able to put on their DC streaming service, or would they have to pay you know some sort of royalties to to CW, Netflix, CBS, and those guys would still have them on their streaming services? You know it it I mean? is a, it is a mixed bag right now. Um, I'm using Roku box and I was digging through uh, stuff and I got to not Flixster, um, uh, Fandango now I think it is. They have their own service and it's, it's integrated with Roku. And they had free TV episodes. So, oh, let's see what's on there. Flash has like a hundred and something episodes. Arrow has a hundred and something episodes. Maybe the, the numbers aren't quite right, but it's on, it's more than a few. You know, like well, maybe it didn't have the newest stuff. I didn't look, but I was like, it's it's a weird, it is a weird thing when you start talking about contracts and digital streaming, because yeah, the CW stuff just ended. Went within a week. Went to Netflix. And I can binge it on Netflix now. Um, what are these episodes that are going through Fandango now? I don't know because I didn't have the time to go look at it. But they're, they are offering free views of Arrow and Flash and Supergirl. So what does that mean? I don't oh. know. Well, I guess, but for to me, to me, if they're offering the same thing that I can get on either Netflix or CW then what else am I getting with right. it? Because at this point, like even if they even if DC Access was able to do that and they want to charge me six months six bucks a month to get it for free, why would I go there when the only thing I can get is DC versus keep my Netflix streaming right. and get a plethora of other things on top well, of it? And and it might be an add on. And I'm that's exactly what I'm saying. Is I looked at yeah. the free Fox app to see Fox Now, I think it was called. I looked at the NBC app when they came out and I went, why bother? Because the the quote unquote finger exclusives that you have on your own app, I don't care about. I can watch it on Netflix commercial free for the shows I want it, um, and that's that is the key. If I can get everything on Netflix and I can get on your DC streaming, why am I going to go there? Um, well, so hmm, a couple thoughts here. The first is we have to acknowledge the fact that people have adapted and fully committed to Netflix and Hulu, right? As a, as a, as, yeah. a as a media consuming society, most people are aware of both of those services and are probably subscribed to one or the other or have access to it somehow. I subscribe to yeah. both just for the sake of the art. Right, right. and so am I. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so are a lot of people. So my argument is if you're not on one of the two big players in this new streaming revolution, you're sacrificing your chances at success to whoever is at least some portion of it. You know what I mean? Because it's not going to be like, people will seek out the DC stuff and the Marvel stuff and so on, you know, IPs that they really care about to a certain extent, but they're not going to jump through hoops. I haven't until I just went and found, uh, um, Oh geez. What's it called tomorrow? Mm, legends until i found legends <laughs> sorry I, it just i was like what is that show called i could even see it in my mind until legends of tomorrow ended up on netflix which it is right now the the most recent season i didn't seek it out i didn't seek out any of the cw shows because i wasn't going to go watch them on the app because that doesn't interest me i have two subscription services that i already watch stuff on and there's thousands of hours of stuff to watch on there and a lot of it is quite good you know what i mean 
there's all kinds of offerings from all kinds of different networks and different, you know, every kind of thing to scratch every itch on those sites. So if you want to compete, I feel like you've got to be in there with the mix. You know what I mean? You've got to, if you want to stand out, you've got to be where everybody's eyes are. And people keep trying to peel off their IPs thinking that the IP is strong enough on its own. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? And I, I'm a co-host on a comic book podcast. You know what I mean? And I like comic book properties. I'm still going to wait until it's easier for me to consume those shows elsewhere than use CW's app. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And even Hulu, to a certain extent, if Hulu uh, cuts off episodes on a rotation like it does for like Gotham and a number of other shows, right. I tend to wait until I can just binge it because I don't always have the time to stay up week to week. Right. Whereas like ABC comedies like Fresh Off the Bow and uh, you know Blackish and stuff like that. And Modern Family, I watch those all the time, and the whole season's on there for the whole season. You know what I mean? So, like, I just did that, like, last week. I watched, like, five episodes of Fresh Off the Boat in a row. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's what I was... I was just messing around on my phone, and I let it play in the background, and I had a good time. You know, I enjoyed myself. Because they were on those main services. You know, I would never watch half the shows I watch if they weren't on those two services. And and the fact that you can get most of the seasons, that's, that's something my wife and I struggle with is we want a nice, funny sitcom that we can watch, and that fits our needs. You know, Fresh Off the Boat is funny, but it didn't didn't really tickle us the way we want. Uh, so um, we found the Goldbergs, and there's four seasons on Hulu. The other, mm-hmm. You know, we watched Speechless this year. And Speechless, by the way, if you want to know an insight to my family life, we're a mix of the Goldbergs and Speechless. I mean, the way the mom <laughs> and the dads do and the, the – yeah, that's a good insight to our life and how we see society and whatever. Uh, but Speechless is only one season, and who knows if it's coming back. And having to wait week to week sucked. Uh, but being able to not binge like you're talking about where you watch four or five in a row, but to go, hey, tonight, what do we want? I want to watch something funny. Oh, here's an episode we haven't seen. We're going to watch that right now. That's I think that's the modern society. That's what we want. We want to be able to access our shows when we want them. We're watching Golden Girls. Because it's been forever since we watched Golden Girls. So I'm like, hey, I want to look up Night Court. Nowhere. Nowhere yeah. on subscription services. Yeah. Married with children. <laughs> Nowhere on subscription services. Well, I think Fox is still pumping that uh, those reruns in the And that's fine. But it's really some evening. point. You yeah. know. That that and Yeah, I I think I got a glimmer of hope a few months ago when Cheers showed up on Hulu. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, tell me Night Court's on somewhere and no. Yeah. Uh yeah. So um, I, I think it's viable. I think it's doable, but you got to give us the, what do we get more here than anywhere else moment? And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's what we're looking for. So what is glass? What's going on there? What's glass? What's glass? Are you kidding me? What's glass? Did I, did All I, right, stutter? Well, I was standing here when I said I, it. I'm, it's amazing that uh, we live in an age where someone that is on a po- on a, on podcast like this wouldn't know what glass is. <laughs> oh my God, you're All right, fired, so, Charles. Glass. What is glass? Have you? <laughs> I believe it's a M Night. I ruined my career, Shyamalan. Uh, oh, I still like the Shyamalan, Shyamalan Ding Dong. I love him, man. You can't say that. That's racist. Shyamalan <laughs> Ding Dong. 
<laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I hope it's not racist, folks at home. No, I don't I, think he meant it. I hope way. it's not racist because it, it's 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 uh, goes back to the freaking fifties and the music and whatnot. Oh, I hope it is. Yeah, because <laughs> because real progressive social ideas come out of the fifties. Just tell me what the stupid story's about. All right, so on Twitter today, M. Night Shyamalan tweeted, Universal Pictures will release hashtag Glass on January 18th, 2019, all over the world. How's that for not keeping a secret? Glass is going to be the sequel, or actually the third in a trilogy, um, behind Unbreakable. And spoiler alert, folks, is his last outing, Split. Oh, Split is part of the Unbreakable universe. It is. Uh, that actually has me excited, because... The movie, I, I am. I'm a fan of In Night Shyamalan. I will watch if his name's on it, including freaking uh, uh, Stuart Little. I watched that. Mostly because my kids watched it, but that's an In Night Shyamalan flick if you didn't know. Don't lie to us. <laughs> you curled up on the couch and watched that all okay, by yourself. Every own. once in a while I have. It's a good movie. It's a freaking good movie. But uh, knowing that Split is part of that universe, that gets me a little more excited because it's more of that horror feel. I'm not a huge fan of the horror genre. The I don't remember the title of it, but the del- the one where the devil is in the elevator that Shyamalan did, it was good, but it still had that scary freak out moment. So I'm like, eh. I think it was called Devil. Wasn't it it? could have been called it. I honestly don't remember. Um, but I, I'm excited about that. You know what? Oh, dude. So is Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. That. I say a word that says glass coming in January. You're going to give me grief. I know who glass is, so there's no context here to say this has anything to do with that. M. Night Shyamalan put it I out. Click- I don't, what further context do you need? I didn't click your link. I let you bring it to the table. <laughs> well, I just said all of that. Mike, get the beat sensor ready, because I'm about to light up Chris. <laughs> I hope he... <laughs> Yeah, no, I've always wanted a Glass follow-up to see what he does, because I love how Unbreakable ended. Every superhero needs a supervillain. Oh! I need a moment. I just need a moment. This is going to be awesome. Uh Uh-huh. I'm happy. Uh This is going to be cool. (laughs) Cuts. Go ahead and poop on it. And and then possibly the greatest, probably in the greatest M. Night Shyamalan twist that we've ever seen, this is how he's going to salvage his career. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the last oh, the last 20 oh. years have all been a lead up to How, this, this, this book end. Off the top turnbuckle, Chris Wisdom. <laughs> why y'all gave me hating on the, the night, man? He, I love his writing and his style. He has done some good stuff, but he has done some doo-doo. We have never seen a more catastrophic failure of a man's career in all of entertainment that I can think of. Someone who produced such amazing films that were so like cultural moments you know what i mean like i mean sixth sense like savaged an entire generation of moviegoers you know what i mean like just with the twists and signs and unbreakable like these films are iconic and then he put out a whole string of garbage i would disagree i loved uh his fairy tale i loved uh even the eco-terrorism yeah, the world's going to ride itself story was a little... I'll give you a wouldn't for everybody, but I enjoyed it. I, I went along for the ride. The Last Airbender. Air, yeah, that Last was, Airbender, that's, exactly. That's, that's oh, truly that's not showing on story. That's like... That's like... He made the movie. Yes, but that's just... just he didn't write it fully. It's, it, it, 
you're, you know what? It's not an Avatar story well, either because they butchered the original I agree, property. I agree. Too. That was not true to the original, but it's also not true to the director. Come on, signs. And I, I, signs was good, and I, I, I'm one of those that likes the village, but I didn't the like the fairy okay. tale. I like. I didn't village. like the fairy. I really fairy tale one. I didn't like. Late, yeah, I just. Mm. I enjoyed the village, and I love signs. Signs might be. Signs is literally one of my favorite thrillers. You Mel Gibson time. apologist. No, I mean I, I really liked I that. Thought film. That would get I a bigger laugh, great. and it got nothing. It got nothing from you two. It got what you should have expected. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, fair enough. I loved Lady. Was it Lady in the Pond? Lady in the Water. Lady, Lady water. in the Water. Lady in the Water. I loved it. That whole modern fairy tale. Th- it, it, it really hit the notes for me. I did. I liked it. The village was not as strong for me, but it was fine. Um, the big problem with the village is that it was. I think the pacing, it, the, the it was drawn out a little bit too far before the twist. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people felt that that film was kind of boring and not a lot happened. Um, but it was, I mean, it was a good film though. I really do think, I think it could have been edited a bit differently. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, he, he's a talented guy and he, obviously he can produce some masterpieces. So the hope is that he can find that again and do so again. Um, cause it really is a shame. Like, uh, what was the other, the happening, the happening, that, that was, one was the like, eco where the world that, sets itself right. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, that was yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one was just well, and it was such a like, like halfway through the movie, I was like, I'm enjoying this, but I know when the twist comes, I'm gonna hate this, and I, it was true. Like I, I loved being on the edge of my seat trying to figure out what was going on, yeah. and then when the twist came, it was like, this is terrible. I, I, like, I don't know. I kind of liked it. I what? liked the idea that mo- the Mother Nature, Mother Earth, whatever you want to call it, that that was the protagonist. But it was, but it's so, it's so hand. It was a little man. bit. But it also was at the time where those kind of films were selling like gangbusters. And I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I, I mean, I agree. Airbender. I don't count. Plus Airbender, I, Airbender I don't didn't think, happen. It was a horrible film. I don't think <laughs> anybody can defend casting Mark Wahlberg as a school teacher, a science I totally teacher. Can. I listen oh, to no. you teach me stuff all the time. If you can talk sense, Mark Wahlberg can talk sense. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> There's I mean. a meme. If Cla- if Paul Claus can talk sense, Mark Wahlberg can talk sense. So that's <laughs> that, was, that was rude. I don't. I don't. Uh, I dude. I, never mind. Let's move on. Uh, we'll get we'll get caught up in that that for way too long. But I'm excited. Glass. That's gonna be cool. I'm very. This is cool. I just wish this article that we uh, we have in the show notes didn't spoil the end. Of I didn't read me. it. See, this is why I don't <laughs> read stuff. This is why I'm willfully Yeah, ignorant. don't read that article. Because uh, I'm really excited to see Split. Um, it looks amazing. I like yeah, who's involved. Um, yeah, so I'm hoping it's great. Chris, have you seen it? I have not. I also got the, the ending spoiled for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. so. Well, and I guess I, I got, we didn't, I didn't necessarily get the ending spoiled. I got the twist. Right. The, the, yeah, so I don't know where this happened, but yeah. well, I mean, the ending is a All bit right, spoiled. Let's move on it, before you screw it up for the world. It mentions who cast in this film, and that tells us something. All right, moving on. Jeff Goldblum <laughs> joins Jurassic World sequel. By the way. I love even even the cheesy stuff in it. I love all the Jurassic Park stuff. Jurassic World was perfect for me, and I'm excited. I was excited when they announced the sequel. Uh, and Jeff Goldblum coming back—that's going to be interesting. Oh, I don't know man. how I feel about that. Though. You, 
Oh. What? You don't know I how you feel Dwayne about Goldblum. What? Follow me. I love Jeff Goldblum. I love his character. But what they did in the second film, I don't know. It it, it, it put a little bitter taste for me on there. His character was great, but that whole T-Rex chasing the car thing through the city, it was just, I don't know. I don't know. What's that have to do with Jeff Goldblum? He, exactly. What does Airbender have to do with him Night Shyamalan? Just because he drove it. He made the movie. <laughs> Like, yeah. he was the director he of that overlords. film. If not for him, that film might have come he out has, okay. He has overlords <laughs> like everybody else. Um, no, I, I love... I wonder, So does Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to bring back everybody, to be honest. I want to see all of them, except for Hammond. Hammond, well, he, he his, the actor actually passed away, uh, and I know they killed off the character. I was going to say, like, what? <laughs> And and I don't I don't I don't want to add any more to the previous discussion, but he didn't just direct the thing; he also wrote it. So I mean, there's quite a bit you can put at the feet of. Yeah, I mean, like if we're gonna hold, let's not hold the guy who wrote and directed it responsible, because clearly somebody else was responsible for that That's train wreck. Hey, George Lucas, Francis Ford Coppola, what your contributions don't matter. Martin Scorsese, pff, you only wrote and directed those See, movies. Now you but... guys get it. Now I feel. Come better. on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, no, no. Let's talk about Jurassic World. Jurassic World. Jeff Goldblum, man, that's gonna be awesome. Man, yep. yeah, I guess. I, I want to see, see Ellie, I mean, I Alan, and I, I want to see uh, even the kids come back. Well, you're not gonna see all of that again. No, that's not gonna happen. There's, there's only so, so many times you can have somebody dig through El, uh, Stegosaurus <laughs> dung or Triceratops dung. Triceratops. Yeah. Uh, I always thought it'd be cool. Um, you didn't have to get the same actors. I thought it'd be cool to bring the kids back as a reaction, going, this is the worst thing ever. Why would you do this? Freaking Chris Pratt. I've never been mad at Chris Pat- Pratt before in my life, and he, like, squashed the best fan theory of the whole Jurassic Which universe. Which was? Was that his character in Jurassic World was the oh, little that, boy. Yeah. That uh, Alan scared. I, I, I get that, but he wouldn't. <laughs> I don't think he would have gone back after that kind of trauma. I don't think anybody would go. No, no, no. He's talking about the little boy at the dig site, right? Yeah, yeah. The, oh, the boy at the, the dig one site. with the raptor claws. Oh, with the raptor yeah, claws. That was, yeah, that's cool. The fan theory was that's who his character grew up to be was Chris that's Pratt. I remember Chris you, nah, nah. I, I like remember the theory, you mentioning nah. that. Uh, that's cool. That's really funny too, because as I recall, that kid was a little bit chubby, and Chris Pratt used to be chubby. Right, used to be yeah. a little chubby. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so that would have that would have played into it. Oh man. Yeah. That that. Would have been fun. Yeah. Uh, man. I'll never forget the look on that kid's face. Yeah. <laughs> that. I mean, that was. It, that uh, was yeah. one. Of the... Maybe that kid just walked around looking like that all the time, but it was perfect for that well, scene. I have got this. I've got this prop replica of that claw, and when I'm driving on the highway and stop at a rest stop, any kid that's alone in the bathroom, I give him that same spiel, same face, <laughs> same face every time. <laughs> Oh no, Chris with the wow. self-incriminating testimony over here. Oh. Oh, so, what about a non-Patrick Warburton tick? It's been announced. It's coming back uh, July. Uh, sorry, in uh, September it comes back. The teaser it, uh, pilot was good. Yeah, it was August twenty-fifth. Sorry, August twenty-fifth is the the official premiere date. It's just like a nineteen long, uh, nineteen-second long trailer or uh, promo. And uh, it's enough to get the juices flowing. So. You know what's crazy? We've been waiting for a while. What's crazy about this tick story 
is just today I saw a friend of the show and frequent guest uh, Casey Straws posted a picture on the streets of NYC with him and Peter in costume. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And he's like, I love living in the city. And he, you know, he capitalized the in the city. <laughs> there's, there's, totally there's really only one to know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, it's it, this is great. I, I think he did a really good job. Uh, you know, Patrick Warburton was amazing. Like, make no mistake. Like, it was a great take on it, and it it really was iconic for a lot of us. You know what I mean? Um, but the, uh, I can never pronounce Peter's last name. Peter S. Uh, he's he's also going to do a great job because he plays it very well as as well. So. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm super excited about this. I, I gotta say, as much as I love Patrick Warburton, Tick is so far from center that there were times I just had a really hard time watching the shows. Please leave. Yeah, which which so the live action or the cartoon? Mostly the live action. There was a cartoon or episode or two that I was like, I don't get it, but mostly the live action it was just too. Maybe get out is it because it was too cartoony in live action i don't was know the problem? i mean just the, i don't the premise know this was stuff? dude when was this on this was a decade ago right i mean it was a whole different yeah it's a it whole different point 90s, in my life late 90s, maybe it's just where i was at the time but I, there was just some parts of it i couldn't you weren't yet a man and couldn't appreciate ma- you know tick. what maybe <laughs> maybe i don't know or, or his good friend batman well <laughs> Uh, so I, I've definitely experienced a lot since then, and I'll I'll be willing to give this a, a shot. I'm not promising anything. We'll see what happens. I just want a good chair face, a good the tick, uh, the tick versus the tick. Give me some Barry, and the Mad Midnight Bomber. What bombs at midnight? I don't even need the terror. Just give me those three. Yeah, you just said yeah, a bunch of words. <laughs> So, all right, we got to take a break right here, but we've got some more stuff, including some feedback from last week's episode coming up next. And now, see if we ever did a live show. We're back, by the way. If we ever did a live show, uh, this would be a great. That would have been a great spot for us to be like doing extra content and talking about stuff, and you know, make people tune in. It'd be awesome. Uh, oh, you mean like you used to do on your other show? Yes. Like it used to do my other show. I see. Such an original idea, Charles. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to plan something for you, man. I don't know what it is yet, but something will come to me. I do crazy things. You better be careful. Oh, God. Well, I'm planning the banjo music. I'm, I was going to say, I'm planning to hop on a plane and come to you, if you know what I mean. So, like, you, you just better plan to be nice to me because I'll be in front of you. Like,. That's a thing. Like, be aware. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. It got awkward. And it wasn't even my fault. Is <laughs> well, I'm glad that it got awkward for you because I was basically just saying, if you hurt my feelings, I'll make you pay. <laughs> uh, that actually is a little scary. Uh, so, okay, there is this. There's another potential rider strike coming up. I want to hear the details of it. And, and we all had the same thought too late that we know a rider who this would affect that we could have had him on to help discuss the potential I want to premise what we're about to talk about with the first writer strike came in the era of DVDs where they weren't getting 
any kind of money from DVD sales. It became a new frontier, right? TV shows would air. Writers would get whatever percentage they got from the ads or whatever the deals were at the time. And then all of a sudden, DVDs came around, and you started doing box sets, and people could buy them, and they weren't getting any of it. But I got to say, you, you, you broke the universe a little bit when you went on strike because because of you, we got Survivor and freaking Jersey Shore and The Bachelor. So please, please. Uh, Survivor predated that no, strike. No, no, no. Survivor came out of the strike. It absolutely came out of the strike. Yes, it did. No, it didn't. Look at the no, history. I've talked about no. this like a dozen times. <laughs> yeah yeah dude uh okay the writer strike came out when i was like after i was out of high school and had gone to college like survivor came out when i was still in I'm high school sticking with it anyway let's go we're going to this we're going into a new frontier with digital streaming with the ongoing rights all that i'm assuming that's what's tying into this potential strike um, there may be the central issues of this are um, the Writers Guild of America's health plan, which is facing a deficit, securing family leave, and protecting the guild's current pension plan. Or, uh, and it is also argue the WGA also argues that the writers' average income yearly income has decreased while studios' operating profits have doubled from a decade ago. So who's getting paid? It ain't the writers. Do they? And I'm asking because I don't know. Do they not have a union of their own? That, okay, that's, that's what it is. So, do they have bad what? negotiators then? Because I mean, that aren't you? That's what are, this is. This is them negotiating. No, no. Charles, I'm, I'm sorry. Said I'm ten years. I mean, you, he dropped ten years in there. That's what's throwing me off. Is I thought they negotiated. I mean, I know contract terms go for a certain amount of time, but well, no. Right, so they do. But this is just the first strike in ten years. So right. things have been—they've been able to do things since, amicably okay. since then. But, but now, now they're, they're facing, yeah. as you said, as a retirement fund because it's—it's coming to a—it's coming to a head again. Yeah, this issue. Mm-hmm. By the way, Survivor came out in 1997, Charles. Yeah, twenty years ago. And the last strike was from November 2007 to February 2008. I don't know if it's more or less creepy that you're screwing it up. It's like Friday the 13th porn music in my ear. Yeah, I I don't know what's going on right now, but we're we're well off the reservation at this point. Shut up. You're stupid. That's all. <laughs> Man, I love living in Trump's America because that argument actually carries some weight now. Uh, Charles, you're wrong by 10 Shut years. Up. Shut up. <laughs> And you probably think you won the argument. Uh, no, I, I, I tell you, man, there's something, and obviously, perhaps I'm, I'm missing something here, but there, I, God, why didn't we get Brian D. Bradley to be on the show? I think he could have helped clear up. Because, you know, when I'm so strong with something like this, you up how wrong up. you were. You guys know. You guys, and if you listen to me for any length of time, you know, when I get stuck on an idea, my my details might miss the point but there's something there in pop culture mm-hmm. that actually happened and there's something related to reality now, tv and the strike 
that's that's when it really that's when it exploded because they didn't need writers for it. That's when you started getting that unscripted television for a lot so I'm still, as a go-to. I, I may be wrong. Um, when the I Survivor mean, was born out of it, but I still am correcting that we did get right. a boom. Well, yeah. Of, so yeah, absolutely. yeah. One, one, once reality TV started to kind of like take root, and you know, various networks real because the the big thing about reality TV is they do have a writing staff, but it doesn't require the same prep and the same writing that a like a a serial show does. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they it have is more cut and paste. Anyway. Yeah, I mean a lot of it's done in the editing room more than anything. Yep. You know, but they do have some writers on staff. So it's way, way cheaper in that regard. You know what I mean? And they may basically construct those shows out of the scenes after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. Like they feel, you know, they, they put everybody through whatever they're putting them through and then they construct the narrative from what they've got. You know what I mean? So it's more, it's almost like a found footage adventure than it is an actual like predetermined narrative. Yeah. So no, you're, you're right in the fact that when the writer's strike came up before it encouraged networks to green light a lot more reality projects because it, 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 you know, it shored up their, their and they didn't have you know to what I mean? it gives them a worry about crossing the lines and hiring scabs and all that jazz. Yeah. Yep. And the reality is people, the reality <laughs> is, uh, people <laughs> actually, you know, people gravitate to reality television for a number of reasons. One of them being is that it's kind of unpredictable and it seems real. You know what I mean? So that's the thing is it's like, it got eyes and attention and it's held it even, even today. I mean, you know, it's mostly on the knockoff networks yeah. now, you know, the the like B string networks that have back to back reality shows all day long. But yeah, it's it's a eight whole episodes thing. of cheaters. Right. <laughs> Dude, oh when, when I found out uh it didn't take but more than an episode or two of any given show, but on True T V when it first came out, it's not called that anymore, I don't think. I don't think they call themselves True T V. Uh but there was these reality shows set up to be reality and I I found them entertaining, like, wait a minute. I know a little bit about production. And there's no way this happened at this perfect timing. And then I looked it up, and they were fake reality TV shows. So we've even inceptioned that. We went beyond reality, which is just producers putting together their found footage, more or less, and encouraging. And I've talked to people on reality shows. Uh, I had one on a long time ago. Uh, we, we did a series. I'm not name-dropping. Shut up. <laughs> there, there's a... <laughs> I was going to ask if you just realized Joe Schmo was, no, no, that was, hilarious. was not real. That was great. That is an awesome reference, man. I love, What's going on? Oh, that was amazing. No, um, the, you producers on reality shows will push you into situations. Uh, Y-Swap. I had one of the guys who was here in Georgia had been on Y-Swap. He was an atheist. He, of course, got put in a Christian home. And him and the wife actually got along. But the producer would say, no, go back and argue this point and go do this. So it's not true reality, but it's based off of real people. These shows were 100% fake. It was a tow truck show, uh, Repo Man or something like that, Repo something. And I was like, "Yeah, pimp my ride. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, dog, I heard you liked conversations that have nothing to do with the stuff we're actually talking about before. <laughs> I just pimped your show. <laughs> All right. So I was wrong about Survivor, but I was on point about the birth of the... You were dead wrong but about Survivor. I was on point okay? about the rip in the universe that no, came I'm because not, of the strike. I'm not busy dancing on your proverbial grave right now, okay? <laughs> you were real wrong, okay? Like, you were like Weasley Brothers level wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, you know, another interesting thing that we need to think about in the long term if this... 
if this writer strike does happen because it's just the the guild is his has voted to approve a strike so if they can't come to terms then they will they they will vote to strike or that they they will strike so it's not necessarily that they're going to strike on may 1st it's just that that option is now on the table um but the last one lasted 100 days and not just in television but in hollywood mainstream hollywood too you you saw projects like transformers 2 x-men origins wolverine gi joe rose rise of cobra and terminator salvation were all affected by the writer's strike and is there anything that anybody at this table would like to say those movies have in common bad 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 <laughs> bad i'm just I, bad, i'm, I'm the, bad, the, bad, the, bad. the indian that looked at the litter on the side of the road she got that single tear going down my cheek because you guys poop on some of the movies <laughs> i like i'm just well, you you did just sing high praise for uh, the Jurassic Park oh, movies because we we know you like big dumb spectacle. That's why I like you so much. Guys. All right. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So his major, so his problem with Lost World was a car driving through the city. Is it just because that car didn't transform into something and, and run? <laughs> That would have been a better movie if the uh, car transformed into something and fought the dinosaur. And then fought the dinosaur. Yeah, that would have I been I laughed great. so hard I coughed myself dizzy right there. So just so you know. No. Um, <laughs> all right. So, well, okay. So the big thing, Chris, you were starting to hint at this. If a strike does go through, this could be problematic for a number of shows. I mean, mm-hmm. almost all of them, basically. Um, now, one thing that I, I saw pop up in social media recently was that people were pointing out how amazing the writer's strike was for your late night television shows back when it happened, because it, it was like some of the best of the best, like when Colbert oh, yeah. and Jon Stewart and uh, Conan in particular were like, they were just going insane, like just trying, like having fun, like crazy fun and just being super dumb about it. It was fantastic. Um you know, so th- there is some upside to it. If it does happen, there might be some exciting late night TV again. But the reality is, uh, this could cause some shows to get canceled. Mm-hmm. It, it could seriously disrupt the continuity of a, a number of ongoing shows, uh, particularly like let's look at all of our comic properties. Yep. Could you imagine? Well, actually, in the case of like some of them, it might be okay if like they just let trained monkeys in to write. Or maybe this is the this is the good stuff now, and it can get worse. Well, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. Perhaps don't ask. But it, how could this possibly get worse? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is a uh, real treacherous, rocky territory. And it, it does affect people. I mean, yeah. when they're on strike, if I miss, if I understand this right, mm-hmm. they can't earn. Right, not in that role. Yeah, I mean, no, they can, I'm sure they could do other things, but they can't do what they do, which is write for TV and, and movies. Right. So, yeah. And you know, and you talk about the the late night comedy deal, and a lot of that had to do with the the people that were behind those shows. I mean, John, Stephen, David Letterman, Conan. I mean, those were strong comedy writers on their in their own right. Yeah. But when you look at a target rich environment like we find ourselves in this year. And a show like Saturday Night Live that's got its highest ratings in close to a decade, right? Mm-hmm. I think. I think. I mean, and they're going to lose a lot of staff to this. And I don't know how the I don't know how the performers um, are listed, or if they'll be affected by the writer strike. If if they're because if they're credited as a writer and a performer, 
Well, do they not? That's the real union. That's the, yeah. well, that's the concern with a show like SNL is that they're yeah. all writers and performers. Like mm-hmm. almost nobody on SNL doesn't write. They all write. You know what I mean? Like that's. But they are to, they part of kind of? This the, is where I think the line would be drawn. Are they part of SAG? Or are they part of? Well, is it WAG? Yeah, WGA. Sorry, WGA. WG. Well, I think you're. I think. You and, well, and I think I if you are a member, you are required to walk. But maybe if you're not part of both, even though you write, I, I don't know. I mean, I. I it, you're right. It's in. It's in tough territory when you start mixing unions and well, everything else. The other reality is, if they do strike, there are consequences to strikes. Right. Yes. You know, some, mm-hmm. some people won't come back to a job. And it's not, you know, there are ways for them to get around, you know, the terms of whatever they work out with the guild to get things back up and running, where some, like, shows will just get cut, you know, teams, will writing staff will just get cut, you know what I mean? Like, they'll, and they'll, they'll find ways to justify it. And sometimes, they, you know, the other thing is they might come back to work and be back to work for a couple of weeks or maybe a couple of months, and then all of a sudden get their pink slip, you know what I mean? So, it's, uh, this is the hope is that it doesn't come to that because it's going to shake a lot of things up. And with any kind of strike like that, it it puts everybody's, you know, it puts everybody's success into question. Like, you know, their chance of success, I should say. I mean, work Um, is, is a loose term in any form union or not. And while you come back to work, just because you're an SNL writer doesn't mean anything. They might put you on powerless now, you know? Well, I mean, be, <laughs> SNL in particular being one of those uh, entities that it's very easy to just lose your seat all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. It's one of the, you know, one of the most competitive shows out there for, you know, y- you have to prove your worth. You don't get very long to flounder, you know. all Any kind of uh, SNL alum who have talked about that in the past have talked about how, like, I mean, there's successful comedians, people who are good now who found their, you know, their niche and were able to go out and do things and still be successful that tried to make it on SNL and didn't make it. I mean, there's lots of people that only did like half a season, a season, maybe a season or two kind of thing. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, Uh, there is a, a, a crap. I'm trying to remember if it was on Neil before odd or if it was on a different show, but Brian D. Bradley uh, is Audrey Kearns' husband. And Audrey Kearns is our lovely and talented host of uh, booze and phasers along with Claudia Dolph. And uh, Brian worked with Mad TV, and there was something about the strike. I can't remember if the strike took him off the show or if he got a shot at the show because of the strike. But I know it affected him. Man, that would have been – you can go listen to it. He tells the story. Go check out Neil Before Odd. I would Brian uh, – guest would be Brian D. Bradley. And he talks about that. And it's a, it's a really interesting inside story on how the strike affects people and – and different stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we got one last thing to hit before we get out of here. And uh, I, I, I know Klaus has got a chance to look through this. I don't know if Chris has. I'm going to read it because I'm not – I don't have a whole lot to say about it. But his response to my getting on my uh, old man porch and waving a stick at, at Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. specifically, but definitely comic book TV, and how I feel that they treat me as a viewer. Uh, so I'll read it and let – the guys respond and i want to say to jeffrey james thank you for your response honestly discussion is a good thing we love feedback i like that even though this is i'm going to tell you this is slamming me fully and it's a total opposite view of what i have i appreciate that he wrote in and expressed his opinion and that he listens to the show so thank you for listening uh well i I want to thank not only jeffrey but i want to thank 
you, Charles, because if you didn't come to the show with your mouthful of horse apples on a weekly basis, we wouldn't be able to have this kind of interaction. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to thank Jeffrey for just, you know, leaving a big steaming pile on you, Charles. Like, <laughs> I, that's always worthy and, of it praise. changed my opinion, and I agree to disagree with him on it. But uh, here we go. So, Daddy's Home podcast, which was last week's podcast, Charles's critique of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was seriously off the mark. While I can understand disliking the show for a variety of reasons, citing imaginary plot glitches isn't valid criticism. Now, here's some spoiler from the episode I was talking about. He put spoilers in there. So if you are following Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and you haven't seen episode 17 or caught up at all this season, you might not want to hear this part. Spoilers. I refer specifically to this scene in episode 17 where Ward has a clear shot at Fitz and is forestalled by Simmons. Charles expressed frustration that Ward didn't shoot. Actually, I expressed my frustration that Ward didn't even try to shoot Madam Hydra. I expressed my frustration that they didn't even address the elephant in the room of Madam Hydra, other than to say, I don't know why you called her that name. She's Madam Hydra. That was it. That's what I expressed. In fact, this is going back to Jeffrey. In fact, there was no clear shot at Madam Hydra. It was blocked by both a Hydra agent and the woman who fits shot. While it's true that the relative position of the two groups could have been made clearer in the framing, yeah, you're headcanning it because it wasn't made clear in the framing, Ward stated they had a shot at Fitz. Yes, he did. Which implies that he didn't have a shot at Madam Hydra. Why do you think that? <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. You're getting out of it what you're putting into it. I want them to give me a, a, a well-written show. All right. Uh, Charles seemed to interpret the overall situation as the writer's thinking the audience was too stupid to think. Why doesn't he shoot her? Is, is, he's quoting me. Why doesn't he shoot her? Quite the contrary. The Aces of S.H.I.E.L.D. writers are assuming that the audience is smart enough to realize that Ward would have shot the big bad had that been possible. In general, when BTP team talks about the show, I feel as if I must be watching a different show. I find AOS to be very tightly written in the sense that it requires attention and thought to understand the why behind various plot points. I have my own complaints about the acting, although it's head and shoulders above anything on the WB. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I think it all kind of has weak points. That's why I'm, I'm laughing there. And persistently spotlighting Daisy. I suggest you pay attention and assume the writers think you're intelligent before criticizing the plots. I'm just going to say, obviously, with the points I put in, I think you misunderstood some of the points I picked apart. I don't believe the framing was clear. I think one sentence, my complaint was one sentence. I don't have a clear shot. Would have cost them nothing, and it would have cleaned it up for me. That's all I'm saying about it. I disagree with it, with how you see it, but I'm glad you're listening, and thank you for the feedback. Now you boys can discuss. So my first response is, wait, Ward's back? Not really, kind of. Yeah, it's this see, thing. <clears throat> They're they're in the they they they're in the matrix, dude. The framework is what they're calling it instead of the matrix. They're inside a computer that uh, anger runs. Okay, well, okay. Because if he was actually back, I was gonna argue that Jeffrey's last point right. that you know the writers are intelligent. No, he was blown <laughs> to bits in space. No, he's not. He's not back. It's yes, this right. it's this computer generated thing. And you can even make the point, which they never did, that Ada runs the computer thing and she's Madame Hydra. So she has, uh, could have a program where nobody that she generates can kill her. Because certain characters like Fitz Man. are brought in from the real world. Certain characters like Ward are computer generated. I gotta say, from like from the outside not being caught up, this doesn't sound great. I personally feel like it's not great. I'm actually 
I'm actually on the other side of the ship, and I've been telling yeah, you guys Chris. that for the last the, the LMD half of the season. I'm I've been okay with. I've really liked some of the stuff that they've done with it. I've been okay with this uh, the the framework stuff too. I mean, it's it's given you it's given you another 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 bite at the apple on some of these characters. I and, don't and need it's, the rotten apple. Um, that's like Ward. Ward. I am done with Ward. I hate Ward. But that's yeah. that's the thing. It's that's the thing. You hated that Ward, but you're not getting that Ward. You're getting I, the I what all if the Ward. Wards. What if Ward wasn't a tool? <laughs> I would say that I feel like it's cowardice to not let a character be dead. Oh, well, they're letting characters be dead now. Uh, I got it there. <laughs> well, I just, I just mean that, like, to me, like, okay. So you had Ward. Ward goes bad. Then we kill Ward. Then we put an alien in Ward. No. Stop! Now, now I haven't watched good. it all, so I don't know how I don't know how smooth it all is. But like, I feel like that's, uh, I, I, you know what I mean? Answer, like, we had good Ward for a season. They brought that one back without the traitorous twist. Actually, he is a he is a double agent. Right, He's no, still a double I, agent. Yeah. He's just for the good guys. Now he works for Hydra, so his double agency yeah. is he's he's helping Shield come back. I'm gonna have to watch and catch up to find out it's, how I feel about to answer Chris's real. point but it, on the outside looking in it does seem pretty weak sauce now to answer Chris's point about the framework up until uh, Daisy and Gemma stepped into it I, I liked what they were doing but when all of a sudden we have this locked in world and it's going I, I don't know man. It, it it feels forced it feels like on non-organic writing you know they came into the season going uh, we're going to be edgier. We're going to be darker because we're at 10 o'clock. This is our saving grace because this is their last season if they don't pull it out. If they don't pull up out of this nosedive, they're going to crash and they're not going to have a season anymore. Uh, and they know that. I mean, that's when they moved to the death time slot, you know, Friday nights at 10 or whatever it is. Uh, but they're like, oh, it's going to be edgier. And I think they forced a little too much with, with Ghost Rider. I think it could have been more organic. And I think they're forcing way too much here personally. Uh, and I'm the guy who wants to enjoy it. I, I enjoyed all of it. I mean, I've had my criticisms. And honestly, I don't find the, the actress who plays Daisy all that enticing. And I definitely don't find the actor who plays Ward uh, good at all. I think it's horrible. You take so, that back. I'm, so I'm looking at it right now. I just watched it again. And Charles, what I want you to do is I want you to go back at some point And watching it on Hulu, you want to go to where there's 7 minutes and 50 seconds left. Ward has her in his crosshairs, but there's a there's a hydragoon standing between her and the bullet. No guarantee. And it, it's plain as day who that is on the other side of that guy. And that's the very first thing he targets on. He puts his he picks his weapon up. He goes looks through the scope. The X what? is on the back of a Hydra agent's head, and on the if other side not, of it is Madam Hydra. If we're headcanning no this, maybe he's going to take out the Hydra agent. Guarantee that he can, he can, that the the, the bullet's going to go all the way through. I'm, I'm not headcanning anything. I'm just what saying, you're one sentence yeah. is all I'm saying. Because I, I did throw in Iron Fist, right? I did throw in, I did throw in some right. I, Legends of Tomorrow, where a line, a simple line, because there, you right, okay, fine. But you have to assume. But, but what I'm saying is, in that instance, to, to, to give you that one line, that would be the writers treating you like you're stupid. Because that's obviously Madam Hydra standing behind the guy. There's no clear shot, so he now, pans to the right ask, to see if he's got a clear shot quick, on him. How quickly does that scene pass in real time without pausing it? A, oh, couple, a couple of, of seconds. seconds. 
I don't think that's well, enough. Charles, if that's all the time if you have to react in a real life situation. They spent 10 minutes in this scene watching everything happen. Up to them bringing the the person that Ada's based off of there. I mean, they're there the whole time. I'm, I'm mm. saying it. Tre- I felt well, like it treated me like a stupid. I didn't enjoy it, and maybe the next episode. I've seen some good comments about the next episode. Maybe the next episode will be better. Huh? I mean, stupid is as stupid. <laughs> as. <laughs> agree to dis- Agree to disagree. I mean, you said it. So. I okay. I haven't watched it, but based on what Chris just said, Charles, are you watching attentively or are you staring at a device? No, I'm typically watching? watching the TV itself. Cause I'm with my wife; she okay. makes me put down my gadgets while we're watching TV together. All right, all right. Well, because that that makes all the difference in the world. You know what I mean? If, right, if you're distracted right. and a scene like that passed by very quickly, you know what I mean. Then I could see how you would miss it, and I would understand why you would perceive it your way. Um, I saw. I know the scene in my like, head. I know the scene you're talking about. And I at no point felt like he tried to line up a shot on her. I felt like he was doing – and this is me reading into it. I'll admit that. But I watch sniper films. I watch all kind of military stuff. This is me reading in. When a sniper pulls up a shot, they don't just pull up, oh, there's my shot. They go and scan the thing. And while Fitz is the most clear shot, she is the most important target. And the camera keeps shifting around. People actually shift around because they bring in somebody else to the scene. And they're there for 10 minutes. The only time they address that she's standing there is when she walked up, which he had a clear shot on when she walked up. I just say it. I don't know. I just dis- so, I disagree that I shouldn't have to head canning cannon it. Not that it needs to feed spoon feed me, but it just maybe all of it's been building up with Legends of Tomorrow and with with some other stuff. Just write it better. You, I felt like they I felt like the Inhumans before they went sideways with with that storyline. Trying to ramp up to a movie that then got canceled and then they were left holding the bag. I feel like that was some of the best writing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has had since it started. Charles, would you say that uh, all the military films that you've watched uh, mean that you, you basically have as much or more than tra- more training <laughs> than a member of the military? No, no, no. It's all that Call of Duty time that I put in that gives me that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, that was a thinly veiled uh, political <laughs> joke. I <laughs> I was just drawing a comparison between you and a certain Cheeto. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I don't think you were trying to say no. that. Uh, the, and I was laughing at Charles laughing, not laughing at what Paul said in case. What? The wrong uh, people are listening. <laughs> no, I do. So, ah! so I'm just laughing at myself <laughs> laughing. So here's the thing. I mean, even Jeffrey even points out, while it's true that the relative position of the two groups could have been made clearer, I just I just have felt for a while, and it's just built up and built up, they jump big gaps, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does. They, I do, I am mad that Marvel Cinema has, has stuck them in the dumpster and treated them like crap. You know, this was supposed to be a, a dual universe, in the same universe, dual line, we get the big stuff happening with the movies and the little stuff happening on the show. As much as as little as it happened in the show, I felt like they did that in the first two seasons. So part of it is Marvel's fault for me being angry at what's going on. But I, I just well, I yeah, know. they've they've clearly not followed through on what they originally right. promised with the and show. I, I I just I, do, I all I can say is at this point, if they if they cancel the show, it's, it's much like uh, season two of Agent Carter. I felt like they went the wrong way. I felt like it was weak writing. It didn't do well. Her character was not strong as she was in the first series. 
and it got canceled. I'm like, oh, well. And I think I, I fully believe this is going to go that route. I think they're going to cancel it this season, and I'm not going to have any tears to shed. If they keep it, then that's fine. Yeah, I wouldn't. Has Have they renewed it yet? I don't, no, look, I don't think right? any announcement has been made yet. I don't think it's been renewed yet. I can't remember. I would be real. I'm going to be honest. I'll be real surprised. I think it's it a bubble show. Season. I think it's on the bubble. I don't think it hasn't been canceled yet. Uh, today's news is got a question mark. So no announcement has been made yet. Which, you know, is a, okay, Charles. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say what it, it is a shame because there are talented people involved with this project. You know, the characters are good. You know the the core characters because I don't know who's still around or whatever this season, but you know going into this season, who was there at the end of last season? Well, until they got rid of two of their best characters, but that's not the point. Yeah, that, yeah. never mind. I just I just kind of like undermined my whole. I was going to say there's good characters there and there's good character work right. that's been done, and then I just remembered that they wrote two of the best characters off because the show. Because they were going to so. spin off, and then oh shit, they got canceled. Yeah, they didn't even it didn't even get off the no. ground. Now, if you rewind a little further back to eleven minutes and forty nine seconds no, remaining, when she okay. no, 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 but when she, I'm about to give you some credit, when she first walks off the plane and they they position, there's nothing but clear shot for Ward right there. I will say that just before they show where she is in p- position relative to the three of them, you also see a shit ton of hydra, a poop ton of Hydra agents go off uh-huh. to their right. You have so it's nothing but a kill zone if he takes that shot on the three of them. Oh, I got what you're saying. He could he could take out three with one shot. No, no, no. He could take out one, but all those Hydra agents would then oh. know where they were and d- kill Kinda them. Kind of how it all three ended, of them. Yeah. It's still well. It, you know what? I'll be honest. When I'm watching Ancient of Shield, I'm not watching with rapt detail to attention for every little thing, so I could figure out every little movement. I just felt like it was handled badly and. That's okay. Well, then I feel like Jeffrey's criticism of your attention level is. I feel kind of like fair. your face is kind of fair. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not messing with you. No, Carl. I'm talking about like the you're three soldiers that... in the kill zone. I mean, you're talking to a military guy who paid attention to that detail. Yeah, I'm. The three soldiers went off, and they're off screen. I think I represent most of the the average watching audience when it goes. They're off screen. They're gone. You don't think about them coming back. And they don't say anything. All, little points. It could have just been tightened up. It could. I don't know. Well, but that was the whole point to when he was saying he was going to stay back and take the shot. You guys get out of here because they're going to know where we're at as soon as I take yeah. this shot. Yeah. And then they did, and then oh. then plants protected them from bullets. Oh. Well, exactly. Uh, well. Okay. I don't know. Cover and concealment that means. are not the same unless you're in the Marvel universe. <laughs> no, that, that was a little point too that I didn't even bring up was once once the six or seven soldiers started unloading with machine guns, pistols and plants saved the three characters. Unless you disagree with that, too, Chris. That's just any action movie. And a Michael Bay fanatic. I myself under the bus going, but I love Chuck Norris. So, you know, that's not saying much. Yeah. <laughs> and his G.I. Joe Kung Fu grip. Dude, I'm playing that nonstop Chuck Norris game. It's the dumbest game, but I just keep playing it. It's fun. It's just Chuck Norris, man. It's fun. It's cheesy. It's on your phone. Check it out. Uh, oh, one last thing, though. Klotz, uh, did you see the news? I don't know if you care, but did you see the news that Marvel Heroes, which is currently titled Marvel Heroes 2016, 
is uh, going to launch a, I think, a spinoff version to the PlayStation 4. I know the closed beta just opened to called Marvel Heroes Omega. Yeah, I've heard about that. Are you excited about that? And, and, and not at all. I want to play. Okay, do you, do no, 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 no. We can talk about it next week. Uh, real, real, well, no, we'll talk about it real quick right now because it only took me a second to express my issue. My issue with it is that your progress on the PC version doesn't carry. No, over I figured that. Way. I figured that. Uh, which for me, not investing a ton of time. Which is fine. I f- no, I get. I get. It. I haven't put in a ton of time, so I'm like, no, I'm cool starting over. I, I can get Deadpool now, whereas I couldn't when I first started the game. Well, it's not not even just a question of starting over. It's because that game has a crap load of microtransactions. So I have characters and skins and stuff that I have paid money for costumes. Right. Yeah, and no, you know I know. I, mean? I get you. That I've paid for on PC, and now they're like, oh, we're launching this new thing, and we're putting it on these systems. And I understand like doing a limited release where they only they're only giving a certain section of the characters. You know what I mean? Like I think it's eighteen and initially or something like that i get that because they have like almost 100 or over 100 on the pc version right now that well, makes sense I, yeah i play i play other games i play mobile games that have japanese versions because they're japanese based that have you know global versions that i'm playing where they release stuff on japanese well before it comes out on global it gives us kind of a preview of what we can expect though it's always a little bit different sure. like they tweak things you know i respect that but the problem is that the, i feel like this is a real snub in the face of all the people that have invested time and effort and money into the PC version. I would say, are they, are they canceling the PC version? They're not canceling it, but I really feel like this is their, their weak attempt, feeble attempt at trying to save a failing. Okay, I don't, I don't know the uh, failing up and down of it. I know I don't play the, I did redownload it for my Mac uh, because I have a computer that's portable and can play it now. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I I see the, I really do enjoy it. I've actually played the raft two or three times just for fun. Um, yeah, it's a fun. It's a, it's a fun game. It's yeah. not a game that I like. It's not a game that I want to play for weeks and weeks and weeks like some other games that I play. But it is a fun game. I do have a max level character. I did have a good time. I, I I'm looking but, forward to yeah, the Xbox it's... controls. I like that. It fits my style better. Sure. But uh, we'll see. I, I thought maybe they are failing. Maybe this is a, a, a thing. But the optimist in me says they're just reaching out for new platforms to grab new gamers that they don't have already. Well, that's yeah. that's what I'm saying is I feel like this is their attempt to try to save a sinking ship by trying to get onto new Maybe. platforms. Uh, they lost a lot of their design team like within mm. the last year as well. A lot of the core people that made the game what it is right now are gone. I got you. So, in- including the, the original... G- See, the thing is, that game was spearheaded by one of the original developers for Diablo. Wow. So that was one of the big things is because it's kind of a Diablo clone in the way it plays. Yeah, I know what you, mean. you know what I mean? Because it's a it's a it's an action RPG. It's a progression and loot game, you know. Uh, and he's gone, and so are a number of other people on the team. So it's like, uh, what's sure. going on? You know. I I look forward to hitting Xbox, and I'll try it, and I'll we'll we'll see. I mean, yeah, maybe it will. Sure. Maybe it'll write the ship. Maybe it'll do something different. But but I get I totally get your point of having spent money, having max level character, having all this time put into it, even if you don't play it weekly or mm-hmm. anything like that. That is hard. And it's it's not so much that I'm upset that they're not transferring all my progress and everything that I have on PC. It's that they're offering nothing. They're they're giving no you know yeah. you know what I mean. There's no no thank you for playing our PC version. Come join us on the you know what yet. I mean? Yet, maybe what there I'm will really be care for. after the closed beta. Maybe there will be. 
Perhaps. We'll see. see. All right. If you'd like to reach us, hit BTP at GiantSizeTeamUp.com. That's B as in breaking, T as in the P's in panel at GiantSizeTeamUp.com. You can do like Jeffrey James did and comment on our post on Facebook.com forward slash breaking the panel. We are all over Twitter on at panel breakers. And, uh, yeah, good support us at Patreon, patreon.com forward slash breaking the panel. We could use your support and uh, give you more input to the show and tell me how much I suck at my opinions like Klotz does. But, you, you see, Klotz earned his right. you got to pay for the right to tell me I suck. I'm just saying. So, uh, tune in next week to hear Chris Wisdom say, Fuck this. We're doing it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> Shut up. Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team-Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com. Giant Size Team-Up.